Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Practice Purchased. I'm excited to welcome Dr. Thomas Graff, who had one of the most effective mailer campaigns I know of. He also successfully negotiated the terms of his deal and was close to closing when it all fell apart. But Dr. Graff took charge, figured out what to do, and solved his problem. I actually looked at my calendar for the actual recording date, and Thomas and I recorded this only a couple of days before the pandemic shut everything down. So in addition to some of the crazy curveballs you hear that he deals with, throw a pandemic into the list of struggles Dr. Graff dealt with on his way to ownership. Beyond just thinking that Dr. Graff's story is really interesting, some of you might be thinking, wait, he failed to buy a practice? Well, yes. Part of my motivation for including this story is to highlight the reality that not everything goes well in these deals despite your best efforts. There are a ton of gems from Dr. Graff's search process, his failed practice purchase, and where he went from there. Let's get to the interview. All right, Dr. Thomas Graff, thank you for joining us on Practice Purchase. Um, you found a practice, your, your story is very interesting. You found a practice while you were still in dental school and you were going to buy into this thing. How did that happen? Like, how did that come about? Most people don't find something while they're still in dental school. Yeah, um, I, I was a third year dental student um, and really had kind of made up my mind that uh, ownership after school is really what I wanted. Um, and in the third year, I decided, you know what? I was, I was really just going to uh, solely focus on that. You know, I wasn't going to look for an associateship or anything like that. I was going to put all my eggs uh, into let's, let's go the ownership route. Um, and I, uh, so what I did in my third year, I uh, created mailers. Um, I'm from a small town, in Southern Ohio. So um, it, when I was looking at, okay, where are the areas that I want to move back to? Um, it was, it was really, you know, I want to move back to my hometown. And so where can we find a practice around that area? Um, and so, yeah, we sent out, uh, my wife and I sent out about 50 flyers, um, mm -hmm. to 50 dentists and, uh, yeah, it was, that's awesome. got a pretty good response there. So you had, you had a geography picked out you had, had, first of all, how'd you find the 50 names? And then what did those flyers look like? Were they personalized? Was it kind of the same one to everybody? How did, how did that work? Sure. Um, yeah. So I, when I was in school, I actually used Wells Fargo to do like a demographics report. Um, and that kind of really pulled up all the dentists, you know, in my area uh, and they do it by zip codes. Uh, so I was personally looking for, you know, within an hour drive. Um, and so we made a list and I think that there were, uh, I want to say there was like 45 within an hour. And I kind of, spanned out a couple more that I had done a little bit of research on look like pretty good practices. Um, and, and yeah, so the mailers, uh, my wife is a hygienist. Uh, and so the mailer is a picture of her and I on the front, um, very, uh, very professional photo. Uh, and, uh, really with three bullet points in it, the first one just saying, Hey, I'm a dental student. Second one looking for an acquisition, um, and the graduation date. Um, and then on the back, uh, this little five by seven mailer, uh, basically just, uh, three paragraphs, um, short, sweet, don't give too many details, just mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm a dental student. I'm from the area. My wife's a hygienist. We're looking to purchase practice. Um, if you'd be interested in going down that road, having a conversation, uh, here's my name and phone number. Um, yeah. 
Nice. And it was this, it sounds like kind of a postcard or was this in an envelope or how'd that work? Yeah, we, uh, it wasn't an envelope. It's like, um, yeah, just a little five by seven. Piece I got that cool. We had a, we had a local, uh, photographer do it for us, uh, for free yep. actually. So, Oh, nice. Well, that's nice. Um, <laughs> free cleaning or something after. Okay. So, um, all right. So you, you, you said you had a good response rate. What did that look like? You sent out 50, give or take, how many people reached back out? Um, I think I had 17 people reach wow. out to me. Wow. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, you know, small town, Southern sure. Ohio, a lot of the people or the practice owners in the town are older. Um, there's the trouble with Southern Ohio is the closest dental school is, is two hours North and, and really two hours Southeast of Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so these owners are trying to sell, but they can't get anybody to move back home or mm. move down there. Um, you know, there's been a handful of stories where dentists come down there and bought a practice and then they, you know, moved back to Columbus cause they didn't like the area. Hmm. You know, it's a, it's a small town, so you gotta right. be, so I think, you know, that was that, uh, you know, made my, um, you stood out a little bit. Yeah. 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 I stood out a little bit more. And so, um, you know, my goal was to say, you know, there's not going to be hardly any people doing this. And, and so maybe a dentist would look at this and, and say, Hey, this guy's different. So. Got it. Okay. So I, I kind of know where the story is going. So I'm going to move along past kind of some of the analysis that you may have done and skip right to the point where you've, you've basically landed on a practice and you've had conversations with, the practice you, you're going to buy into. And so, I mean, tell me a little bit about that opportunity. What did that sound like? And what was the plan after graduation? Sure. Um, yeah, we found a, a, a really awesome, really pr- profitable practice um, in Southern Ohio, probably um, one of the only fee-for-service practices down here. Um, and um, so what that looked like, I, I originally had a meeting with the with the owner and after he had seen my mailer and, and he had said, oh, I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in a buy-in. I'm more interested in an associate. Um, I, sh- I shook his hand and said, you know, I appreciate that. Appreciate your time, but you know, I'm looking to buy in. Um, and got a call, uh, about a couple of weeks later and he had, he had, uh, changed his mind. He's like, you know what? I, I think I, I'm looking for that. So, uh, we had more conversation about you know, what we would want and all this stuff. And, um, he wasn't ready to sell a hundred percent. Um, and so we kind of started having a conversation about a partnership, um, what that would look like. Um, and, and, you know, it, it all sounded, all sounded pretty good. Um, you know, looking back, there was a lot of red flags to it, but at the time, you know, this guy, he was a, he's a local business owner. He's well known. He's, he's definitely a good practitioner. Um, I mean, he runs a really profitable practice uh, and he has been running it uh, for, I want to say it was like 20, 25 years. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, he wanted to practice for 10 more years. Um, and so I kind of looked into it. I had some conversations with um, my CPA and the mm-hmm. attorney about it. And, um, you know, they were kind of like, you know, partnerships can be good. I think they were a little bit concerned of, you know, he was uh, almost 60 and I was, you know, coming out of school, you know, with how are we going to, you know, work together? 
Um, but uh, yeah, so um, you know, few months few months passed. We I think I met with him a couple times more, uh, and then really we got to the point of okay, let's let's uh, get an attorney to look at this. Uh, he had his attorney, and and uh, I at first I didn't have my own attorney, which I'm certainly glad I hired one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at, at this point, it sounds like it's heading down the path towards getting into ownership right out of school. And, you know, you, you guys are working it out. You're talking about mm-hmm. what makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you've hired attorneys, there's, you know, money being spent and things are looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're about to graduate. In fact, I think it's two hours before graduation and what happens? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we had already uh, introduced myself to the staff and kind of said, Hey, this is a new partner coming on and we already jumped through all those hoops. Wow. Uh, we had a name, we had a logo. My wife and I had actually created three months worth of social media um, postings. Um, I mean, we had been working on this for like six months outside of just the contract um, and everything. So, um, and, and really, you know, a, a couple of weeks before graduation, um, things started to change. You started to make comments of, oh, what do you think about a six-month buy-in instead of a, you know, buy-in in immediately or, mm-hmm. um, you know, that implant course that you took. You know, I don't know if I can cover that uh, or, you know, things like that. Hmm. And, and, yeah, and so it, it, things were just, uh, it just were kind of, kind of turning, switching directions. And, and, and like you mentioned, um, you know, two hours the day before my graduation uh, or the day on, of my graduation, two hours before uh, he had sent me an email and he said, uh, you know, he said something along the lines of, I'm not going to be able to allow you to buy in right away. We're going to have to, we're not going to be able to put a date in the contract. Um, and then he told me that he wasn't going to be able to pay for the implant course that he had, he had promised. Um, <laughs> and, uh, mm. And yeah, and, and I sent him an email back and I said, listen, uh, this is not what we talked about. You know, I, I probably would have walked away from this situation if you would have told me that six months ago. Yeah. Um, and, and he replied to my email and he said, a man's got to do what he thinks is best. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I said, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, geez. I I can imagine how you're feeling at that point. You're you're all along fourth year dental school thinking, all right, I got this. I know where I'm headed, and you're you're literally putting the cap and gown on, wondering what's happened. So, what did you do, and what happened after that? Yeah, yeah, I felt like there was nobody in my class that was more prepared you know, for uh, graduation after school, and then you know as I'm walking across the stage, I felt like I was probably the only person in my class who wasn't prepared, <laughs> um, <laughs> which wasn't true, but yes, yeah. I, I can imagine how that would feel. Right. Um, yeah. And so my wife and I, uh, I graduated and, uh, I think it was six days, six days later, I had a full-time job offer. Awesome. Um, and those were, those were pretty tough six days for me. Uh, you know, I had a six month old daughter, and my wife and I had, uh, were, were in contract for a home to move back in contract to buy a home in our hometown. And that was pending that I had a dental 
full-time contract. Got it. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I started looking for associate positions and, mm-hmm. and fortunately I found one pretty good one. And, and, and really we were able to move home. Uh, and, uh, I had a quite a, I had a, about an hour drive, but Ooh. yeah. Yeah. But you were able to at least accomplish part of your goal and, and you're practicing, you're increasing your hand speed, yeah. you're seeing dental skills, you know, you're, you're managing assistance and those mm-hmm. conversation treatment planning, all the things that dentists are doing. Um, all right. So then you kind of eventually landed on an ownership um, route that's maybe a little bit different than the way you're going before with a partnership with an existing practice. Tell us what you're going to be doing now. Yeah. Um, Actually, when I was uh, about when I was sending out those flyers, we had a, you know, when I was in dental school, we had a, a local uh, building that used to be an old dental office that was for sale. And so I had so many people telling me to look at it. And I finally, you know, went and looked at it in 2018 uh, and loved it. Just, you know, of course, coming out of dental school, how the world are you going to convince a bank to let you do a startup? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the time, I obviously had plans, uh, to buy in. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, when I graduated, I started working associated, uh, in the the second week of my associate, I came home and I told my wife, I was like, I'm, I'm just not meant to work for somebody. (laughs) we got to figure this out. Let's circle back to that office maybe. Um, and it lasted um, about a week longer than I would have guessed. (laughs) Two weeks. No, that's all right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we definitely went down the road of, of trying to purchase practices first mm-hmm. because, you know, as you know, it's a, it's a heck of a lot easier process if you can purchase a profitable practice right. uh, rather than do a startup. And, um, you know, nothing against those practices that we looked at, but, um, you know, they were not their old school. And mm-hmm. I felt like there were so many more problems that come with buying a practice. Um, and then, and I mean, they were all, you know, very cost effective, you know, purchases like they, they were not, um, you know, I, I don't think any of them would have been a, a terrible decision, but right. you know, it wasn't what we wanted. And so, um, and so we decided to, to circle back to the building that I looked at in 2018 and, and for whatever reason, it was still for sale. And so cool. we bought it and we're doing a startup. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a video that you put together. Uh, in fact, all right, if you're listening to this podcast and you know, you've heard Dr. Thomas Graff's name, um, this, this is rec- being recorded in March. You're going to be open, Thomas, in June or July. And so we're a couple months away from you being open. Uh, but there's a video out there of this office and you, gotta, you guys got to see it. If you're driving, pull over the car. If you're at the gym, <laughs> put the weights down. Go, yeah, I'll link to the video um, as long as Thomas, if you don't mind um, you know, me linking to it. Uh, because it is, it, it's crazy. This office is, um, I mean, there's, you know, holes in the wall and I mean, this is not a, you know, walk in, put some equipment in and you're up and running. This is a whole renovation project and it's pretty amazing. And then in addition, why I think uh, this video is worth watching is it is hands down. And I, and I, I'm, I'm saying this sincerely, hands down the best marketing video I've seen for a dentist who has, you know, is yet to open their doors and is trying to get people comfortable with him personally and get excited to come into a new office. It is an extremely effective um, way to market yourself as a new owner, whether you're buying in or you're, you're starting up a practice. Um, you got to go watch this video. It is so well done. And 
And I, it's funny, you kind of blew past this. I thought about stopping and, and asking some more questions, but you said you and your wife did six months worth of social media videos and, and some posts and plan that ahead. So you clearly have a good marketing mind and it shows in that, um, in that video. So, all right. So you're, you're doing the, you're going to start, yeah, the startup route, but let's just talk about the experience. You know, the goal of this podcast is just for people to learn. Um, and not every situation goes perfectly. So as you look back at your experience, both, you know, in dental school, right after where you're at now, is there anything that you wish you could have known then that you know now? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I, I appreciate those kind words. Um, definitely put a lot of, a lot of thought and effort into that video and, uh, it's really proud of how it turned out. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, to answer your question, um, you know, looking back at some of the things that I did and the emails that I sent, um, I, I kind of, I, I definitely focused a lot on the numbers. I mean, this, this practice was so um, driven by numbers and his staff was so good. Um, and, and I wish looking back on it, I would have looked at, at not been so blindsided by those numbers and, and looked at, okay, how is this person to work with? You know, the numbers only get you so far. And, mm -hmm. you know, I thought to myself, you know what, I'm the type of person that I need the numbers. You know, I can do the dentistry. I can sell the treatment, you know, I'm, uh, that that's easy, but you know, when it come down to a partnership and, and, and not even just a partnership, just purchasing into a practice or, or purchasing a practice in general, like you have to get along with that owner and that owner needs to see, you know, your vision and agree with your vision. And if that's not there, you know, that's, that's something that you should really, really look out for. The, the trite way that I'd say it that really doesn't carry the same meaning would be that the qualitative is just the same and at least should be the same importance level as the quantitative. And um, you can't underestimate that. Well, that's good. No. Any, any last advice you'd give to students, recent grads, anybody looking for a practice to land in? Yeah. Um, I, I tell every, every dental student that reaches out to me for advice on contracts and in mm -hmm. person practices, I say, set a goal for yourself in terms of the first year, a financial goal for yourself, you know, dentistry, wise, dentistry wise, like how much after school in year one, do you want to produce as a dentist? And not only does that give you something to shoot for, but you know, that really gives the practice owner or, you know, the associate position that you're wanting to take something to kind of, gauge off of when you when I went to look for personal practice and I said hey my goal the first year out of school is is to produce $750,000 and most of the time I think most of the students looked at me like I had three heads <laughs> um, but you know the the couple that didn't that that says a lot the couple the yep. couple dentists that said you know what that's that's very doable here you know not only as an associate but as maybe someone purchasing a practice you know if if the owner of that practice looks at you and is like, no way you can do that. Well, I kind of think that speaks for itself. Yeah, no, that's fantastic advice. Set a goal, be aggressive, surround yourself with the people mm -hmm. that'll build you up. I love it. For sure. Well, Dr. Graf, thank you for your time. really appreciate you being a guest and sharing your story. It's an incredible one. And I wish you the most uh, success in the startup as that's uh, getting ready to open. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. 
There are so many good takeaways from Dr. Graf's story. Dr. Graf hit most of the major hurdles possible before even getting into ownership. But he's come out the other side smarter, more experienced, and more sure of what his next steps are. Before I highlight a few key takeaways, you can get detailed instructions and examples of mailers like Thomas's by texting the word EXAMPLES to 33777. So I took the following away from Thomas's story. First, I love his advice to set your goals high and be around those who support your ambitious goals. Second, geography was a tailwind to his search. The fact that 17 of 50 dentists responded to his mailers is probably a function of his looking in a rural area as much as a good mailer. There is some truth to the standard advice to go rural. Third, Thomas rolled with the punches, evaluated his next best option, and decided to go to the startup route. The name of this podcast is Practice Purchased, so I don't talk a lot about startups here, but for some doctors, especially those looking to live in an area without a lot of competition, startups can be a good route to go. Fourth, Dr. Graf's optimism and focus are palpable and infectious. I'd be willing to bet his staff enjoy working for him and his patients enjoy interacting with him. Thomas is a great example of perseverance towards your goals, which sounds super easy, but it's not. And because it's not easy, most of your peers won't have it. Leaving all the good practices for you. Thanks for listening. 